Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's a very complicated issue that touches absolutely everyone, probably everyone you know. And it's not just adults. We're talking about teenagers having issues. You're talking about children having sleep issues. Anyone who has woken up on a weekend and fallen back to sleep for 20 minutes, those are the best 20 minutes of the weekend, right? What if we had a show about solutions? Not the same old left versus right. I am right, I'm right. and you are wrong. You're wrong. Boring. <laughs> yeah, something new. Yeah, something new. How to make the world a better place. Yeah. How, How do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? If you don't have problems with sleep, almost certainly you know someone who does. The National Institutes of Health says about a third of American adults suffer from some kind of sleep problem. Most people do not get more than seven hours sleep a night, which is a little bit shocking to me. That is the recommended minimum, Jim. Wow. I've had a lot of years where I was way under that. <laughs> so let's look at sleep problems and sleep fixes. This is How Do We Fix It? I'm Jim Meggs. I'm Richard Davies. And with Miranda Schaefer in the studio, Jeff Coyan is editor-in-chief of the online magazine vanwinkles.com it's a website dedicated to all aspects of sleep jeff huge numbers of people have problems so how big is this well as you mentioned uh, 30% seems to be the number that everybody comes across uh, so that's one third of americans and it's not just adults we're talking about teenagers having issues you're talking about children having sleep issues these days half college kids report having trouble 30% of american adults one in 10 of us suffer from chronic insomnia so it's very complicated issue that touches absolutely everyone, probably everyone you know. So is it changing in our modern era? I think so. It, it, there's the argument of, is it getting worse or is just the measurement getting more acute? Are we paying more attention to it? We do believe that sleep is coming up as a very important cultural currency. So maybe people are paying more attention to it. Now, it doesn't surprise me that college kids have problems with sleep because when I, when I was in college a long time ago, uh, I burned the midnight oil ferociously. So is, is, that, is there anything new there? Well, the irony is that once you get into the working world, you would love nothing more than to go back into college, right? <laughs> and I would gladly sacrifice a little sleep to not have to go pay certain bills and, and carry certain burdens of the modern working man. Uh, but I absolutely think it's more important if you even look back at teenagers. Once they get into the standardized testing track, we're talking kids seven, eight years old being pressured with more and more homework every night. That is of questionable value. And then that just interrupts their evening time, their 
wind down time, their family time, and it's stressing them out. And then if you add in social media and, you know, screens in the bedroom, screens in the bed, it's a problem that's, I think, worse than ever. Yeah, you raise technology. I mean, how how much of a factor do you think that is? Because all of our lives have been changed very much in the last 10, 15 years by technology. Absolutely fundamental. Uh, ten, 10 years ago, five years ago, you were not carrying your phone into bed. And you know, I'm the editor of a sleep website, and I'm probably one of the worst offenders. I go to sleep with my phone nearby because I listen to podcasts to help me fall asleep. Like you know, this one. one, yeah. Of course. <laughs> not that you guys put me to sleep. Now, actually, the probably the most tech-savvy guy I know um, a former editor of Wired Magazine, Chris Anderson, he's got kids and he has a strict rule, no screens at all in the bedroom. It seems like a, a pretty good rule because people do get addicted to that hit. For adults, imagine if you're if you're 15, how compelling that is. Yeah, that's it's the issue called sleep hygiene, which is basically cleaning up your bedroom, not physically or in terms of germs, although that is another issue, but just the way you approach and clean your sleeping habits. Do you have a routine? Do you put the phone down? Do you turn off the TV? And we, we could talk about the fact that there's never any complete darkness in one's room anymore right. unless you really go out of your way. You have to unplug your VCR that's or your DVR. Sleep hygiene. Yeah. yeah. We can make a joke about uh, FOMO, which is the uh, fear of missing out. <laughs> but there are studies coming out that says uh, FOMO, as stupid as it is, is a genuine problem, especially with teenagers. They are anxious. Their minds are racing. They finish the homework or they're watching TV in the middle of the night. They're waking up and checking, checking Facebook. And that's right, absolutely right. crazy. I so, want to bring Miranda into the conversation. Miranda, you said that, that you didn't have problems sleeping when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So what happened? Honestly, I don't really know. Probably the internet, uh, smartphones, who knows? But I, I, I have been thinking more about sleep hygiene, and I have been using the YouTube channels to try to put me to sleep. ASMR. The uh, I forget yes. what it stands for, but yes. yeah, the, the soothing, tingly voices that yes. people are finding very yes. helpful. Yeah. And that works? It does, and also there are other people that will devote eight hours to sleep hypnosis, which is fascinating. Hmm. Well, we'll get into the solutions a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back, though, and, and look at some of the problems that sleep disorders cause. Well, there's a, a very clear connection between uh, sleep disorders and depression. And there's the issue of um, some of the medicines that are being used to treat depression actually interrupt sleep. And that's an awful catch-22. And it's an awful cycle for people to get caught in. Even if you're just acutely depressed, uh, that could turn into chronic depression if your sleep uh, habits are are worsened and you're not getting that full, like you said, seven hours is a minimum that a lot of us strive to get. And that's the minimum recommended. You're supposed to be getting seven to nine. So I think depression is a huge problem. We're talking about attentiveness, talking about effectiveness on the job. And as a, a young, as a parent of a young child, I have a two-year-old, your patience level is really pushed to the limit if you're not if you're not well rested, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Yeah, and we're in the good times. Our our kids sleep through the night, and we make a great point of getting those eight hours of sleep a night. And so, I really think it affects every aspect of your life: personal level, professional level, and your family relationships, your friendly relationships. And then it's there's also a lot of research on the health impact of chronic uh, sleep deprivation. Right? Well, obesity is connected in there. If you are more tired, you are more likely to grab bad food. Anyone who's hungover knows that. But that's 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 related that you crave carbs, you crave kind of fatty food when you're tired. And that's why you go get something terrible to eat. 
And then you have a carb crash at 11 a.m. and you eat more bad food and it's just another bad cycle. Now, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Van Winkles, which is your online magazine, which is financed by, by Casper Mattress, right? That's right. That's the mattress company. Yeah, they are our publisher. We operate independently. Our goal is to explore the concept of sleep as a cultural currency. So we run as an independent editorial sort of media property to do our own job. And what contribution do you think you're making? Because we, we've had a lot of talk about sleep for a while now, and there are various sleep publications. There, It's very much treated as a health issue by some. I think that we are providing a service in that we are an independent editorial venture. We run as journalists. We are investigating the concept of sleep across all categories. As we've said, it's a fundamental issue. It's everybody eats, breathes, and sleeps. Those are the only three things that we could say every human being on the planet does. We would like to think that we are examining it from all different lenses, all different approaches. And in terms of what value we're delivering is if people could take their sleep more seriously, then, you know, they want to take care of their bedrooms. And of course, maybe we could deliver value to our parent company. But that's not our mission. Our mission is to elevate the concept of sleep, uh, elevate the dialogue around sleep, rather. So let's go into the science behind sleep. Now, so we evolved as an arboreal primate. Yeah, uh, sleeping in trees. Living yeah. in trees, sleeping in trees. But some of those old reflexes and some of that heritage is still there. Is it not? Absolutely. Biologically, um, if you've ever fallen asleep and you're just on the cusp of falling asleep and your leg jerks or your arm jerks or you feel like you're falling off a cliff, that's called a hypnic jerk. And scientists, some scientists believe that that is an evolution or an instinct that has survived evolution based on when we're sleeping in trees. And if you're 40 feet up in the ground hiding from predators and trying to get five hours of sleep if you're lucky, then that jerk prevents you from you know, falling down out of the tree and, and killing yourself. Uh, there's, also, there's also a school of thought that says coming down out of the trees and being smart enough um, having, you know, our craniums were big enough to evade predators and maybe find a safe place to sleep allowed us to evolve into seven, eight hours of sleep and make room for deeper creative thoughts. And, and dreaming as and well. Dreaming. There was an article in, in Van, Van Winkles that talked about that. Fascinating. About how dreaming made us help, helped us be more creative and stay ahead of rival so species. That, so explain that. Well, there's a theory of thought that says if you're up in the trees for four hours a night and you are terrified of predators and you're worried about you know all those things that our ancestors were worried about on a fundamental primal level, there's probably no brain space to worry about dreaming. Dreaming is a luxury. Dreaming, even a nightmare is instructive. And the theory is if you have a nightmare where you're being chased and you're down on the ground and you're an early ancestor to a hominid or whatever the branch is, your nightmare may inform a solution. It may have you realize I was running naked through the savanna and, oh, when you wake up and remember that in whatever early primitive sense, maybe you have a solution. Maybe say, I should have picked up that stick <laughs> to defend myself. So yeah. next time it happens in real life, Maybe you're a little more prepared. And even for the dreams you don't remember, our REM sleep, uh, that period of rapid eye movement, is, is, is correlated with memory formation or solidifying your memories of the day, isn't it? Correct. Or that's one, I guess, the more conventional school of thought. And most people do believe that our restorative sleep is in that deep sleep and, and also in that REM sleep. Right. And since no other animal has a brain the size of ours, you know, imagine this must have been a very active period of evolution as we were making that transition to being hunter-gatherers and, and language and, and everything else with brains way bigger than any other animals. So, you know, so sleep is obviously tied up in that. I bet there's still a lot to learn. Can there's, you talk a little bit more about the restorative power of sleep? 
Um, yeah, well, the, the bigger, the biggest theories are that certain periods of our sleep at night are crucial for restorative, uh, for the restorative properties that it gives. That's why you'll find sleep deprivation issues. If you're getting, say you're falling asleep for an hour or two, you may not reach the deep the stages that are necessary. And again, speaking from personal experience, when I had, a, um, a young baby, if anyone has had kids, those first few months, if you're getting two, three hours of sleep at night, you're not reaching those restorative levels. And so that's why you feel like you're cracked out constantly. Maybe that sleep is very different in humans because our brains are bigger and and the, the language that we use and the culture that we have that helps us survive in the world is passed down. You know, we do not live on instinct. We live on culture that teaches us how to survive in the world. That was true for hunter-gatherers as much as it is for us today. But I, I feel bad if we if we buy into survival of the fittest. Um, I feel bad for the 99 of 100 early hominids that couldn't dream well. The, the, the one lonely dreamer trying to explain to his or her ancestors in the cave what a dream was. You feel bad for that one person who then survived to pass on her genes to the next generation. Going from the prehistoric to the modern, what difference do you think technology, especially the recent changes that we've had with technology in our lives, what differences have, have they made? Have they mostly been negative when it comes to sleep? No, I, I I wouldn't say that at all. I think there's it's a very exciting time in sleep science and sleep research, and there it's undeniable that there's technology out there that can allow us to hack our own sleeping patterns, that allows us to have more insights into our sleep and healthy sleep. And on an, uh, a pure research level, on a higher scientific level, they're learning more than ever. We just ran an article about the concept of bias hacking, and scientists have in a reproducible study shown that they could reduce instinctive biases. Um, the example they use is a blonde woman is ditzy. And they have demonstrated with subjects that if you start to unlock biases of that nature in a waking life, and then you let people sleep or take naps or take deep sleep on it with cues associated with that, over time, those biases start to unlock. And that's, it's a very exciting thing to see that our brains are very active as we're sleeping. But even on just a fundamental personal level, you're not going to learn French when you sleep. Those tape, books on tape aren't going to work. But if you're taking lessons and then you sleep on it, people say you take a nap right after learning a lesson, it builds in. This is a very good point in the show to talk about solutions. So um, some, some other things that uh, we should be looking at. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Uh, I notice in articles in Van Winkle's about meditation, deep breathing. 
I know plenty of people that open their days with a thoughtful meditation, um, specifically to continue those last waking moments of sleep, which are very healthy. Anyone who has woken up on a weekend and fallen back to sleep for 20 minutes, those are the best 20 minutes of the weekend, right? There are people that try to capture that with a meditative state. How long have you been working for Van Winkle? We launched about six months ago. And what have you learned since working for Van Winkles? I have learned more about sleep than I ever thought I could possibly imagine. <laughs> How do you uh, apply it to your life? Personally, I am not the best practitioner, but I have learned a few things. I do turn off my devices as often as I can because the issue of blue light is a problem. There is blue light in the devices, in the screens, that for whatever reason uh, prevents us from winding down and getting our brains to shut off. I just want to be clear. Blue light is what? Exactly? Oh, it's the frequency, the light frequency coming off most or if not all computer screens. And, and some people think that that light in particular provokes a state of alertness. It's right. like a, maybe it's like sort of like the frequency of a midday sun or something. Absolutely. Um, yep. That as opposed to the, the nice reddish calming light of a sunset right. um, and there are there are devices on the iphone on the android on your laptop that will strip out the blue light so that is a, a solution for people that just can't put their phones down the stuff that's keeping up is it really that important no of course not it's in, it's impulsive th- stuff to get your mind even racing even more so i really do my best i'd say six nights out of seven i put my phone down i read a book you know and we just wind down more naturally and it works so, so- is there some kind of ritual people should go through to um, set aside the cares of the day as they head off to bed? That does work. It works for babies and it works for young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are having trouble sleeping, it will probably work for you. Draw a warm bath. Your body temperature matters. All these things that that seem like, you know, for little old ladies or people out in the countryside, it probably works. Draw a warm bath. Have your sleep cues. The, one of the big advice, uh, piece of advice that doctors use or therapists use regarding sleep hygiene is do nothing in your bed except sleep and have sex. Do not eat. Work. Do yeah. not work. Yeah. Do you think there's anything employers can do, anything institutions can do apart from our personal solutions? Oh, I, I believe fundamentally that uh, unless it's absolutely critical, companies should not be. Or you can send your emails, but managers should not expect their employees to reply to emails at midnight. I don't Jeez. see yeah. it's very and, common. I don't see any common, mer- yeah. incredible. And the, the worst part is the reverse is true is if you don't answer you're looking you look like you're slacking off. And if you do answer that's just a given, which I think is absolutely crazy. So unless it's a fire that has to be put out, don't ask people to interrupt their night times to reply to your emails. Let mm-hmm. it go to the morning. Resources for for helping people. Uh there's a 24-hour sleep radio. Oh, yeah. It just launched out out of New Zealand. Um, it's available. There's a stream online. I forget the exact letters, but it's not, it's not hard to find. There's an enterprising radio station that's just playing sort of calming trance music out there. There is a song on YouTube that is supposedly scientifically proven to be the best song for falling asleep. There are certain characteristics that has a certain tempo of the beat. It's non-repetitive, so your brain doesn't latch on to anything. So I recommend looking looking that up. And Miranda, you were talking about um, various yeah. different sites. If you go into YouTube and type in sleep hypnosis meditation, there are all of these amazing people that will devote you know hours of their life creating these channels that are totally free. And they talk you down to sleep. And thank God for those people because otherwise I would never sleep. It helps you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. There yeah. are podcasts too. There's podcast that is four hours of water dripping. 
Yeah. Now, so it's kind of now. Now I don't know if you can get that out of, a, of an out of a noise machine rather than again having your phone stuck up under your pillow because you know it's still another device. But mm-hmm. whatever, again, whatever it takes. Well, what's yeah. so wonderful about this is that it's free. Mm. So you know, a noise machine you have to pay for, but. As long yeah. as you could dim the screen. Exactly. So exactly. That's the key. So yeah. one, one thing you mentioned was, the, you know, the body temperature thing. Now, I, I came across something that said that actually having your body temperature drop as you're falling, like as you fall asleep, your temp- body temperature goes down. I actually did a little trick where I leave one leg out of the covers. It's sort of to sort of cool off and bring my temperature down. That seems to work for me anyway. Sleep naked? Yeah. Sleep naked. The uh, I forget what the ideal temperature is for the bedroom, but it's a little cooler than you probably think. <laughs> so you have a two-year-old. I do. Did you uh, follow the advice of the famous uh, Dr. Ferber, who recommends letting the kids kind of cry it out? We didn't, um, we didn't Ferberize, um, <laughs> but we did sleep train. We, sli- uh-huh. we sleep trained him as soon as he was four or five weeks old, and we followed a plan called the 12-hour baby, and he was sleeping. 12 hours a night at 12 weeks basically and i recommended all my friends it saved no. it could save a marriage where did you find that training is there a book or yep it's called the 12 hour baby at 12 weeks and it's very much it's not ferberizing so you're not it's not a let the kid cry it out but it's very much a structured feeding schedule and it works for me because i'm a schedule oriented person so, so we could worked. we could all improve our sleep habits if, if it works for your baby it could probably work for you jeff Klein. Editor-in-Chief Van Winkles, thanks for joining yeah, us. thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. That was really helpful. Jim, we're getting more responses to our show from our website, howdowefixit.me. You can sign up by clicking the Contacts button. Um, several responses to the show that we did on confirmation bias with David McCraney. Yeah. So one commenter said, what's the difference between confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance? And then before we even got a chance to get in and, and answer the question, another listener actually QT, answered QT, the question. Get him off. Said confirmation bias means seeking out and only believing messages that already agree with your point of view. Cognitive dissonance is when you believe two mutually exclusive things at the same time. So please keep the conversation going. Go to howdowefixit.me. We love hearing from you and also getting pushback and suggestions as well. Absolutely. And if your podcast supplier of choice is iTunes, please download and rate us if you if you like what you're hearing. Both those things are really important in our iTunes ranking. So help us build this community. Okay. You ready? Good. All right. Talk back off. <clears throat> So really interesting guest, Richard. I'm actually, I want to hear your take on this because I know for years when you were working daily as a news broadcaster on the radio, you had the early morning drive time shift. How early did you have the The morning drive time. Yeah, I woke up about 3.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday for I think 18 years. And you had kids at home. How did you make sure you got enough sleep? I took it really seriously. I made sleep my religion. I went to bed about 9, 9.15 uh, got about six hours sleep and then had a nap every afternoon. But I just took it seriously because I knew that the alternative was I'd crash and burn. My health would suffer. I'd be incredibly grumpy all day. So I made a I made a thing out of it. And I think that's part of what Jeff Coyne's saying is take sleep really seriously. It's very important for all of us. Right. And it is very easy for anybody to have all these other priorities, either something's on TV or you're kind of puttering around. You know, wow, I'm getting to bed a lot later than I thought I would. I think the thing I really learned was ritual. 
was having a very specific ritual. Um, the reason why I still subscribe to the New York Times print edition is because of the crossword puzzle. And even now, I have a clipboard by my bed, not an electronic device. I don't have my, my smartphone nearby, and uh, do a crossword puzzle. And I find that that kind of exercises my brain enough and then tires me out, and I literally put it down and go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very active on Twitter, and I really get a lot of my news from that. I find it very rewarding, but I, I cut that off before I go to bed. I try not to look at anything on a screen when I'm in bed, and I, I read books on paper. I think one of the valuable things Jeff also said was, when you wake up in the morning, don't grab the smartphone right away and look at your email. Wake up slowly if you can. And by slowly, it could be like five minutes right? rather than sort of instantly jumping out of bed and checking your email. Richard, can you talk a little bit more about like when you went to bed and more of the rituals? Yeah. So how did you do it exactly? Uh, well, I, I did... The ritual of of going to sleep and winding down, I'd watch a fairly bland television show beforehand or something that was entertaining. And anybody who asked me like a serious question, I'd go, can I get back to you with that in the morning? Uh, I really train myself not to think very deeply or seriously about anything uh, in the half hour before I went wow. to sleep. And, so it was even and like, like a make, mental, like a yeah. sort of a mental hygiene. Yeah, making plans. For instance, if it was like uh, thinking about the, the next day, no, don't think about the next day. Mm-hmm. Think about going to sleep. But I, I really think the crossword puzzle is great. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, if possible, avoid pharmaceuticals. Every mm. once in a while, if things were really spinning out of control, I would take Ambien. But mm. you, because I think that that sleeping pills once in a while are actually great. Mm-hmm. I think they're terrific for helping you adjust if you're flying uh, to different time zones. Right, right. So, so yeah, I did that once in a while. But really, it was that kind of ritual of just winding down mm-hmm. um, and 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 also going to sleep at the same time roughly the same time each night. I can jump in and recommend two things for people who don't want to take pharmaceuticals. Um, One is Sleepy Time Tea makes something called Sleepy Time Extra, which has valerium in it. And so that's something if you want to just do herbal. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also take melatonin pills. But Richard, there was a serious commitment with two children and a full-time job. Yeah, but, but when the kids were little, it was easier because they went to sleep before me. But once you've got kids who are, you know, 12 and 13, I mean, my house used to be rocking until <laughs> 11, 1130. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, it's like your kids live with you. They, they hopefully respect you. So they were aware of the, the rhythms of the house. Right. But it's good to be reminded of the importance of making this a priority in your life. So thanks so much for uh, for listening. I'm Jim Meg. I'm Richard Davies. The show is How Do We Fix It? Produced by Miranda Schaefer. And our engineer is Denise Barbarita here at beautiful Mono Lisa Studios in Uptown Manhattan. This is a production of Davies Content. We make digital audio for nonprofits and companies. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks.